president-elect took a tumble this weekend. Uh, there you got video. Uh, here he is hobbling out of a clinic in Delaware last night. He suffered hairline fractures in his right foot. Even the eventful things that happened to Joe Biden are uneventful. <laughs> Apparently, he slipped and fell while playing with Major, his dog. The Pentagon today announced that Major has been demoted to captain. But uh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> so Biden broke his bone in a foot in a couple places. That's what they say, a couple of hairline fractures. Yeah, he's a very old man. Kind of drives home the point. You know, I'd, uh, I'd like to deliver a message to America's radiologists the, uh, you know, and doctors in general. When you show us the x-ray and you see, you see this little line <laughs> we, here we and we, we say, yeah, yeah, no, we, don't, we don't see it. We don't see anything. <laughs> we have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. When yeah. I used to get the whatever they the things were the PET scans for like when I had the cancer treatment stuff like that you see this here and this and this has gone to this and this is that I yeah you could have showed me anything that right could be, that could be the weather tonight for 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 Delaware <laughs> or the guy next door whatever <laughs> I mean yeah. I, I appreciate it yeah and yeah. I always look with interest oh look at my bones they're trying to do full transparency but it'd sure. be so easy to Literally. phone it up. You yeah. could you could have they, in fact this is what I'd do if I was the doctor I'd have five X-rays and I just rotate them <laughs> for everybody I talk to and I mean yeah. I have the actual the yeah, actual one for the foot one for an arm <laughs> the actual information is accurate your cancer is getting better or worse or ever but you don't need the actual picture because it doesn't make any difference to you I'll tell you what uh, the one exception to that is when I got my cool hip guy aftermarket hips and uh, the fabulous Doctor Sauce showed me my X-rays. And where the uh, cartilage was supposed to be and a nice round bone was supposed to be, ooh, it was nasty looking. Oh, really? Even a dope like myself could comprehend it. But uh, While we're on the subject of age, I should mention this up. This came out yesterday, the makeup of Congress broken down by age. Sean, uh, we, did we tweet this out on our website? I'll have to do that on our, on our Twitter feed. But anyway, oh, that reminds me, we have a, an incredible uh, deal going on A&G swag at the, uh, at the website. I'll tell you about it in a minute. So it's it's color coded like a, a, and kind of shaped like a rainbow as they they sit there in Congress in that half circle, um, and it's mostly green dots. Well, the green dots are baby boomers, which is you know you're kind of in the older mm. crowd if you're a baby boomer. Definitely the older crowd. That's, That's like, like up to 1964, right? So you're going to be 56 or old. The very youngest person is 56, right? And uh, and then there's a, a decent sized chunk of the silent generation, which is the crowd older than baby boomers. <whistles> then you drop way down to a chunk of people that are Generation X, which is what we are. That's um, uh, that to me that that probably should be the bulk of Congress, probably in that group of around you know forty and fifty year olds. Because we're so cool. Well, that just doesn't that just make sense of who's running wherever you work. Isn't yeah. it mostly people around 40 and 50 is your manager right now? Kind of a combination of youthful energy and a bit of wisdom. Not people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And then a tiny sliver. You know, I'm going to give a pass to the people in their 60s. I mean, 60 is the new 40 in a lot of That's ways. That's fine. But 80-year-olds? But that shouldn't be the bulk. Why what if the entire be? leadership of a party were 80-year-olds? It doesn't oh, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. If you're going to take the, the, the talent of America and try to craft a government, why would everybody be over 60? There are more people in Congress born before 1945 than after 1981. Which is absolutely amazing, because you can be born in 1981 as you were on this day. Yes, yes. In 1981. And you can be part your partner 40 years old, but you basically can't be in government at that age. You've got to be said, 80. 
You said there's more people born before 1945? Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, that would be the yeah. That's the, the that. purple dots versus the blue dots. Yeah, on there this, are more. Chart. There are more people in the silent generation than millennials in our government. Well, that's a kick in the Victrola. Huh? <laughs> so more we suggest- people enjoying the jazz age than like <laughs> have ever heard hip hop. Someone who remembers the first time they saw a talkie. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, speaking of high tech, head to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a great deal on AG Air Force gear. Buy one, get 20% off another item. Get the brand new Air Force Champion hoodie or a new AG mask. Very, very popular. Mm. Uh, I will tell you candidly, uh, revenue in uh, media has gotten murdered this year. We have not laid anybody off. We have not cut anybody's pay. And the swag is kind of sort of helping us do that. So thank you. Uh, bah. Oh, speaking of money, a couple of things. A couple of stories, including one we did yesterday late in the show. But frankly, um, the the late show listeners, just not very bright. They don't absorb stuff. Yeah, we, you we, have to say everything really slowly and twice. Yeah. The, you folks, oh. the go-getters. Mm, have you ever listened impressive. to the last hour of the show? We talk about this fast. <laughs> we sound a lot like a kindergarten teacher. A lot of talk about ducklings. <laughs> Kitty On cats. Thursdays, we do finger painting. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, we mentioned this yesterday late in the show. Medicaid is hemorrhaging 100 million. I'm sorry. Did I say million? Idiot. $100 billion a year on Americans ineligible for the, for the program. $100 billion a year of every single dime of tax money us and all of you listening paid could have been squandered in Medicaid. And the really infuriating part of this, and it was deliberately done under the Obama administration, continues on, is that they suspended the rules for auditing. They declared there will be no auditing of who's eligible and who is not. Just unbelievable. That was on purpose, obviously, because they wanted to inflate the numbers. You have a bigger number of people uh, enroll if you allow people to lie about, for instance, their income. They do not check at all. You could write down that you make $18,000 a year when you make $180,000 a year. Nobody is going to check that. In fact, they're from forbidden from checking that. The old joke about inventing dependence on your tax return. You can't do that, but you can for Medicaid. Absolutely. Say you got 11 kids. Nobody cares. Nobody's even going to look. That's too many kids. That'd be a lot, yeah. That's quite you're, a few you're, kids. You're, you're kind of a red flag. At the yeah. point you can't consistently remember your kids' names, you got to get a hold of a condom or I mean, or that's something. like a three-vehicle household, right? Hopefully yeah. one of those kids oh, yeah. is 16, because otherwise you can't no. do a family outing your, unless you buy a bus. Your 12-year-old has to drive the younger kids <laughs> to Applebee's when you go out to eat. You got to buy a, a Duggar bus. It's just a must. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know, on that topic, it's funny. It flitted into my head. We'd gotten this nice note from uh, alert listener Jen at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. She happens to be a Cal Unicornian. In October, I purchased private health insurance through the Covered California website. That's the Obamacare website. Paid the full price premium, et cetera, et cetera. In November, I started receiving Medi-Cal notifications that I'd been approved, even though I'd never signed up for it. By mid-November, my premium payment had been refunded to my account, and I received a cancellation notification from the health insurance company. Several phone calls later, I learned that because I had filed for unemployment, the county took it upon themselves to sign me up for Medi-Cal without ever consulting me, triggering my health insurance cancellation. Uh, I was told I had to get in touch with the county and, and work through all this red tape. 
When I called the county, asked to be released from Medi-Cal, the woman was stunned. She told me that no one has ever asked to be removed and told me that under Governor Mussolini's order, they were not allowed to remove anyone from the program unless they'd moved out of state or called the request to be removed. So how many other people who don't qualify have been automatically enrolled? Never in my life have I had to fight so hard to pay someone money. Ah, the fraudulent cornucopia of Cal Unicornia. Absolutely disgusting. If you get an accidental, one of these accidental government programs, do you uh, alert to the fact to their the the fact that they got it wrong, or do you just let it ride? I feel let like they've me, been they've been stealing from me my whole life. They're going to steal from me the rest of my life. I just let it ride. I think. Let me answer that question with this news story. A recent IRS ruling tying up a loose end in the 2020 economic relief law could force many small businesses to pay taxes on the government aid they got to help them through the pandemic. Ooh. Now. You can deduct expenses like payroll and rent if they're paid for with revenue from running your business. But you can't deduct payroll and rent if they were paid for with government money. So small businesses, many of which are are barely breathing, are going to get a huge-ass tax bill saying you can't deduct your labor costs. That's not going to get paid. The IRS decision got lost in the swirl of news out of Washington last week, including that the Treasury Department moved to restrict the Federal Reserve's emergency lending. As word sank in this week, accountants and bankers called small business owners to warn them to prepare for an increased tax bill. A trade association of accountants urged business owners to reach out to members of Congress for legislative relief. Oof. God, who was I talking to the other day? Oh, a small business owner. We were into this little place that uh, serves hot dogs. And it's been around for decades, and they're uh, they're surviving. And I said, "Hey, is the pizza place next door closed?" And they said, "Yeah, with the new uh, the new regulations, they decided it just closed. That it was uh, going to be cheaper for them in the long run Oof, to just wow. be closed." He said, "But they've got a fair amount of money, um, and they're uh, the person that owns the building is giving them a break on rent." And I said, "Yeah, but the person that owns the building, they've got they've got bills to pay too. They probably have a mortgage on the building." He said, "Oh, they're rich people." He was being sarcastic. They're the rich. They they don't have to worry about paying for their bill. The rich people don't don't care. Wow. All wow. of these things, all these dominoes are going to catch up on us at some point, aren't they? Yeah, and a final word. The individual worker who's not paying his rent and then the the, the building that's not paying their mortgage to the bank and the, I, it's I got to. Yeah, you, and then the taxes doing all this stuff. So a final note on this, to reinforce the uh, great A&G maxim that there are four branches of government now, the fourth being the administrative state, and they are not answerable to you at the voting booth, at least not really. Uh, how bass-ackwards is this from the perspective of uh, Congress rights to laws? Leaders of the tax-writing Senate Finance Committee, Chuck Grassley, an Iowa Republican, and Ron Wyden, a worthless Oregon Democrat. Oh, I'm sorry. That You know what? That was editorializing. I apologize. <laughs> I would say it was. I find him repulsive, but that's not fit for this discussion. Anyway, so the, <laughs> the leaders of the Senate Finance Committee begged the IRS and the Treasury Department to reconsider their position. And said Congress may act when it reconvenes in December. So you have the legislative branch begging the executive branch in a big fat agency, oh, please interpret our bill this way. Please don't hammer the small business business people. And you got a bureaucrat who's going to make the decision. I'm telling you, folks, we've, we've lost our way in this country. 
So we lost our way. We uh, I, I don't think you should ever abuse nine one one. It's a crime, and it should be. But here's somebody who is committed to a, a somewhat uh, was it hilarious? I don't know, but he's committed to the bit as he's <laughs> going back to jail over this. Among other stories we've got coming up for you, our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So um, I'm I'm kind of happy that foreign policy is reemerging as a bit of a story um, as Trump uh, exits the scene. It should have been a story all along, but the media, both left and right, was obsessed with everything Trump and couldn't talk about anything else. But more Trump on that, said something mean today. More on that in just a second. Ugh. So a guy was calling what is nine one one. In Great Britain, it's nine nine nine. Same sort of nine. Thing. That's the Herman Cain tax plan. God rest his soul. <laughs> nine nine nine. Anyway, he got arrested originally for calling nine one one in effect and burping uh, at the police call handlers, and he just wouldn't stop. <laughs> what is your emergency? Burp, burp, burp. I was really open for something a little cleverer than that. Well, yeah, and that's stupid, and that's just dumb, and everything like that, and and. Uh, and so he went to jail, and then he got out of jail and went home and called 999 and burped into the phone again. <laughs> wow. And now he's going back to jail. He's a 28-year-old. Oh. He is uh, belched at uh, 911 on 911 calls more than 80 times. He's been arrested five times. <laughs> he's got to get, like, mental health care, doesn't he? <laughs> I... Uh... He's either completely crazy or he's just like an Andy Kaufman-like committed to a bit thing for his own. Of course, that's mentally When's ill. When's the payoff? Own. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. What's the payoff? I don't know. That's very weird. So uh, Tom Friedman with an article in the New York Times. I like his columns about the Middle East. I hate his columns about economics. But uh, I like his columns about the Middle East. And he had an opinion piece over the weekend that got some attention. Dear Joe, it's not about Iran's nukes anymore. Biden wants to reinstate the nuclear deal, but first he must confront the new Middle East. The idea being that uh, the Middle East is not the same as it was back when Biden and Obama came up with that Iranian nuclear deal. And a lot has changed since then. And he says the biggest change happened in September of 2019, when, as you'll remember, the Iranian Air Force launched 20 drone and precision-guided cruise missiles at Saudi Arabia's most important oil field oh, and right. crippled like a quarter of the world's oil uh, capability. Now, the Iranians denied that it was them at the time, right? Uh, boy, it was they, one of those? I don't remember if they did or not. Yeah, but okay. it, no, nobody seems to be questioning it at this point. Okay. The Iranian drones and cruise missiles flew so low and with such stealth that neither their takeoff nor their impending attack was detected by Saudi or U.S. radar. Mm-hmm. Israeli military analysts who were stunned by the capabilities the Iranians displayed argued that the surprise attack was the Middle East Pearl Harbor, and Tom Friedman says they were right. It entirely reshaped the Middle East. And that is why you've got the various countries, Saudi Arabia, UAE, you know, now siding with Israel, becoming friends with their sworn enemy for all these decades, 
and uh, and being friends with the United States because everybody realizes Iran's capabilities way beyond what anybody thought. And the game of them getting a nuclear weapon is completely different now that we know they've got missiles that can fly in undetected by our defenses, which are the best in the world. Whoa. That's the see North Korea has got nukes, but their missiles are eh, pretty iffy. Iran has got the missile thing down, it would appear. Oh and that's boy. what Tom Friedman's saying. It's a completely different ball game now than it was back in uh when, when Barack Obama was in the White House. They get a nuke that they could put on one of those missiles and they are a player on the world stage. Wow. Yeah. So so you have uh Suleimani getting snuffed. You got uh Jared bringing peace to the Middle East probably deserves a, a Nobel Peace Prize, although the Nobel Peace Prize is a phony piece of garbage. Uh, that's wild. And it's gotten no coverage, to no. your point. Yeah. I mean, these are these are major changes in world history, yep. at least potentially. Absolutely. And uh, Friedman says the Iranian leadership is not suicidal, as in he doesn't think they would do something that would get them obliterated. But he says they are homicidal. They're willing to kill anybody, mm. um, you know, because they got their weird religious beliefs that allow them to kill absolutely anybody. Well, they're down with the idea that uh, if the cataclysm comes, then the 13th Mahdi walks on right. stage and, and, and everything comes together. That's that's a paraphrasing of the, <laughs> the Quran. Uh, right, right, right. Okay, coming up, don't California my Texas. Texans getting angry. Mm. Plus, did you hear about that woman who kicked? First time ever, a woman in a Division One football game. I did hear that. Glass ceiling shattered. It was a wonderful moment, except that it wasn't. Not at all. Not even close. Really? I misheard it? Mm. That story on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The announcement being made over the public address system number 32, Sarah Fuller set to kick off for the Commodores. And here she goes, and here's the kick. It is kicked and squibbed down and recovered at the 35-yard line. And there it is, college football history. Vanderbilt's Sarah Fuller becomes the first female to play in a Southeastern Conference or a Power Five Conference game. Okay. Damn. What a wonderful moment. What a great moment for womankind. Just unbelievable. I wish I'd written this, but Matt Walsh did. This is so good at Daily Wire. Now, I, I'll tell you, as a guy who is, uh, doesn't follow sports anymore, I just kind of heard about how, for the first time ever, a woman played in a, in a major college football game. Right, so exciting, so inspiring. Let me share this with you. Was On I Saturday, misled? Sarah, yeah, oh yeah. Sarah Fuller became the first woman to suit up and take the field for a Power 5 football team. The media has declared her performance as Vanderbilt's kicker, groundbreaking, glass-shealing-shattering historic moment. Many in the media and sports world echoed Hillary Clinton's sentiment, sentiment that Fuller proved, quote, women and girls belong on every playing field, quite literally. In a game yes. of escalating... Yes, yes, No, no, no. In a game of escalating hyperbole, ESPN eventually claimed victory by declaring that Fuller had achieved immortality through her play in Vanderbilt's game against Missouri. 
Admittedly, she was spectacular. Fuller went five for five on field goals, booted three touchbacks past the end zone, and even made a game-saving tackle as the clock expired in regulation. Just kidding. Actually, she kicked. <laughs> I was about to say, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> she kicked one time. It went barely 30 yards. Vanderbilt lost 41 to zero, and the head coach was fired after the game. This is reality, not a movie. And in real life, women embarrass themselves when they try to play against male athletes. Oh, boy. That's some strong. That's a strong uh, way the other direction interpretation of the story. To get back to uh, Mr. Walsh's piece. Women embarrass themselves. Come on now. But what we've witnessed after the kick heard around the world, a kick which actually went only 20 yards in the air and rolled another 10 before the return team bailed her out by jumping on the ball right before it would go out of bounds and draw a penalty, has been the weirdest and most unnecessary cover-up in recent uh, memory. The now-fired coach claimed that Fuller executed a masterful and planned squib kick. The head coach of the team, formerly known as the Redskins, called it a perfect mortar kick. Elsewhere, it's been called an onside kick. The SEC named Fuller one of their special teams players of the week for a perfectly executed kick that sailed 30 yards. Again, back here in reality, it was not perfectly executed, and it was not a squib, a mortar, or an onside kick. There's no designed kick in all of football that calls for a kicker to boot it 20 yards to the sideline. If there was such a designated kick, it's not the play you'd call when you were down 21 at the start of the third quarter. Now, was no, she... this was just a bad kick. Which, you know, um, is what it is. But so was she just like super nervous and miffed and, 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 and whiffed? Just like, you know, you can be a good golfer and then just, you know, occasionally hit a really bad uh, shot. Yeah, that's or possible. Super and nervous. And on her subsequent kicks, there were no subsequent quicks, kicks. It was purely a publicity stunt. She kicked one time and because then it was over. I'm, I, In the beginning of the third quarter. I'm an unathletic old man who hasn't done anything football related to. Well, actually, I was playing tackle football with my, my kids yesterday. But I'm pretty sure I could kick a football 20 yards in the air. That's not very far. No. She was clearly not trying to kick it as as high and as far as she can. The the, the kick was somewhere between what ESPN is claiming and what he's dismissing as just an what embarrassment was the point on the field. That, what, it, it was a squib kick that probably took a bad bounce and headed towards the sideline, which is it's a thing that is used, albeit rarely, in, in football. But it, I, I don't think it was her Charlie Browning it and falling on her face. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And then, and that was it. That was the whole uh, display yeah, of uh, womanhood. That was it. It was a publicity stunt. Although at halftime, with Vanderbilt trailing twenty-one nothing, she decided she wanted to address the team. So she gave a, a, an angry speech to the team about why aren't you cheering on your teammates? You've got to try to get them pumped up. So she'd only been practicing with the team since I think it was Tuesday. She had one publicity sp- stunt kick, and then was lecturing her teammates at halftime. I love this. Uh, where Where is that? Uh, da, da, da. After the game, Fuller congratulated herself for proving that women can do anything. One is tempted to respond that women can do anything, apparently, except properly kick a football. <laughs> well, but, but, but again, there is some debate. I don't understand the point of this, though. It doesn't take anything away from womankind at all that they're just not as big and strong as men on that, average. It's, uh, the, it's a the, ridiculous the, idea for a woman to play Division One football. Yeah. I don't know. Movie Necessary Roughness. Kathy Ireland did it. Sinbad was in that movie. <laughs> Scott Bakula. There you were, know, I stand corrected. Th- 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 there's nothing wrong with this. This does not take away from the athletic abilities of women at all. Nor but, is there value of, as human beings. But there is not going to be a woman that would be v- one of the, whatever, 30 best kickers in America. 
right that a, that a college team would choose to be their kicker. It's just never going to happen, which is fine. That doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. And that's the bizarre part. Why would you part? pretend differently, though, with like Hillary Clinton, Clinton's tweet of women belong on any field? No, not on this one. And they're not going no. to. And they never will. It's just and that's fine because any advances that are made in, uh, you know, lifting weights or stretching or technique or whatever, men are going to have access to also. Right. And so that's just the end of it. It's such a bizarre aspect of some of modern so-called feminism that they completely devalue the idea of womanhood unless it's the same as manhood. Girly girls are great. Tough girls are great. Big, strong girls are great. All sorts of girls are great, and you get to be that. But the idea that you can't be 100% admiring of women unless they can play Division I football is insulting to women to me you know when women i mean that's like saying i can't be fully a man unless i can prove i look great in a little black dress it's idiotic yeah it's a weird it's a weird thing to want to even try to pull off um you know when women are definitely better athletes and at what particular sport anything gymnastics for girls between like the age of four and 15 Oh, it's not even close. The girls at the park on the monkey bars and stuff like that just kill the boys. I mean, there's there are no boys that can go flying across the monkey bars like any 10-year-old girl can. Mm. It's just amazing. I don't know if it's the strength to weight ratio or what it is, but... Yeah, absolutely. The boys are always just embarrassed by the girls' ability to, like, go up and down stuff. Well, the boys are in third. The girls are in second place. To me, the humble monkey remains in first place on the monkey bars. <laughs> I mean, by quite a stretch. Um, I, I need to update a little bit the story about Iran and its missiles from the Tom Friedman column. And it's really interesting and uh, scary at the same time. Oh, I'll okay. do that for you in a second. Yeah. Speaking of scary, did you know there's almost always a rise in break-ins during the holidays? Right. It's a message from our friends at Simply Safe, but everybody knows you have a bunch of fairly valuable presents under the tree or, or wherever, and so scumbags want to break into your home. But that's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. 40% off any Simply Safe system at a free security camera. And and this is a great system. It's less expensive, it's simpler, but it's great. Yeah, you can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's super easy, so you might think it's just kind of a light version of security. No, the best home security of 2020, according to U.S. News & World Report, and won CNET Editor's Choice for Home Security, was named Best of 2020 by Forbes and Popular Mechanics. But this special deal that you want to get right now, because like we said, break-ins go up this time of year, you can get 40% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today, uh, but this deal expires Friday, so go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Deal expires Friday to get the 40% off and the free security camera. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, Tom Friedman with a column in the New York Times to Joe Biden because the the hate Trump media, which doesn't really understand what the Iranian nuclear deal was anyway, just loves the idea that Trump was against it and Biden's going to bring it back. End of story. End of analysis. Finally, goodness will return. Whatever it was, it had to be good if Trump was against it. Uh, Tom Friedman, who I guarantee you does not like Donald Trump, um, he's saying, hey, Joe Biden, things have changed completely in the Middle East. It's a different ball game than it was when you were in office and the the deal as it was is not going to work. And he points out the fact that Iran now has these super high-tech missiles that even our radar systems can't pick up or any of the stuff that we've sold Saudi Arabia can't pick up. And he's making the point that if the deal doesn't stop Iran 
from giving these missiles to all of their friends, like Hezbollah, for instance, um, around the area, then the, the, the deal is no good. That's the biggest threat to the world right now is Hezbollah getting these missiles, not for nuclear stuff, but, you know, they're always firing rockets at Israel. Well, they've been firing dumb rockets at Israel for decades, and they'll fire off a thousand and like one of them will get through and hit, a, you know, a dirt pile somewhere. Friedman's saying, in theory, based on the performance of these Iranian missiles recently, if they got 20 of those, they'd launch all 20 of them, and they could take out uh, all of Israel's most important factories, ports, airport, nuclear plant, everything at one time in one shot, because nobody's got the defenses at least proven to be able to stop them. Wow. And the deal needs to be stopping that from happening. That would have to be a near suicidal venture by the Iranians, yeah, wouldn't it? that's why, well, yeah, you one would think. You would hope. Um, well, it depends on uh, how much they took out of Israel's capabilities. I guess we could retaliate. And, yeah, it and depends would. on whether old man Biden's got the stomach for it. But you don't want your opponent well, to Saudi have... Saudi Arabia at all. You don't want your opponent to have that capability and just hope that they won't do it. No. Um, and, and so his point hope is... is not a strategy. No, his point is the game has changed completely. That was... A couple of years ago, the Middle East's Pearl Harbor, and the the playing field is 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 well, it's a different game now. It's a completely different game than it was when they made the original agreement. Yeah, just for folks just tuning in, uh, Jack was referring to the Iranians taking out that large part of the Saudi oil field. That was the modern Pearl Harbor in the Middle East. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's still ugly over there. Been ugly for some time. It's a diff- it's a different kind of ugly though. When you have the the Saudis and the Emirates and all those uh, folks uh, joining hands with Israel just because they hate Iran so much. Could it be that Jared, who I have mocked, uh, could turn out to be a a great diplomat? It's possible. uh, Yeah. So we've uh, mentioned this kind of story before. A movie called The Crudes 2, which my kids want to see. Um, topped the box office for the Thanksgiving weekend. The long Thanksgiving weekend is a big weekend for moviegoers. A lot of people, you know, you eat, you get out, and you got family in town, you go to the movie or whatever. The number one movie in the country over three days grossed $10 million total. It's really not even worth reporting. No, it's not. The the, the story is how low it was and the fact that there just, well, there aren't many movie theaters open and those that are, people aren't going. Well, there were probably $10 million worth of shoelaces sold in America on that weekend. I mean, also, a lot of the movies are being held back as as the, the studios try to figure out a way to recoup their their sunk costs on a lot of these big blockbusters. And for kids movies, especially, they're just releasing them straight to streaming. We watched two brand new movies over Thanksgiving break uh, that debuted, I think, one on Disney and one on Netflix. They just showed up, you know, and then you uh, you, you watch them there. I think that's going to be increasingly the norm with maybe... Like a one-month window of it's in the theaters for a couple weeks to a month, and then it shows up on whatever respective streaming service has Mm -hmm. the rights for that. I watched a movie on an airplane the other day. It was called Bait. You ever seen that movie? B-A-I-T or Uh, B-A-T-E? Bait like a fish. B-A-I-T. Okay. Uh, And uh, I was reading the reviews, and it, it had super high critical numbers on the Rotten Tomatoes. The viewer numbers were a little lower, and there seemed to be a disagreement as to whether it was just self-consciously weird or a brilliant artistic achievement in modern cinema. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and I still don't know. <laughs> it uh, At times I thought, this is incredible. I'm riveted. 
in spite of its weirdness. And at other times I thought, did you not have an editor? Why are we still on this shot? We've quirky, moved on. Quirky for quirky's sake is a is a big thing in the movies uh, in the modern world. Yeah, and I just couldn't decide. There's some great performances, but uh, you got to like weird movies to watch it. We're on the, 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 I can't ever remember the name of it. It's a scary uh, series that's on Netflix. Came out a couple of years ago, but season two just came out. So we went back to season one. The House on Haunting Hill or oh, something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, oh, my God. That is the scariest show I've ever seen. Ooh. Of all time. If you like being scared, watch that. First I, I follow the news every day. I'm constantly scared. First episode, my wife watched it alone, and she said she couldn't sleep that night. She actually couldn't sleep. Oh. And I thought, well, okay, you know, I'm not bothered by this stuff. First episode, I was fine. Eh, you know, it's a good scary movie, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a tough man. I'm not sure. bothered by this. I watched oh, everybody episode, says that. I watched episode two last night. I thought I'm never going to sleep again. So is it actually <laughs> like I'm going to never sleep again. Psychologically haunting. It's not like just uh, calm and then screechy violin music with a shaky jump cut. It's, it's not startle of, scares, right? It's, it's, it's all of those. All things okay yeah okay. startle scares and psychological weirdness and it's just a, a, a dysfunctional family in a haunted house and it's freaking frightening i saw some of that and i had to stop watching it yeah because it was too is, weird that's a common experience is people start it and stop it because it's too much oh yeah it's that that was the couple they're constantly waiting for somebody to like come through the door they can hear the noises in the house and everything <laughs> yeah, more or less, oh yeah, yeah i bailed on that <laughs> <laughs> i don't need that well if you like bugs emerging from people's mouths you'd like the movie oh there. gosh <laughs> Is a sick enough. A little more, a uh, little more uh, autopsy and going on than I need to in a, your regular TV show. But anyway, the number one bumper sticker in Tejas says "Don't California my Texas." Mm. I'll tell you more about that. What does that mean? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you confident that students and teachers will go back safely to school in the fall? No, I think what we heard from the secretary was malfeasance uh, and, and, and dereliction of duty. Uh, this is appalling. They're messing. They're messing. The president and his administration are messing with the health of our children. Going back to school is, presents the biggest risk for the spread of the coronavirus. All right, that was Nancy Pelosi uh, a, a few months back, even though we had the same data then as now showing that it's fine for the kids to go back to school. They and don't it's really fine sp- for the teachers. It's fine for the teachers. It's really fine for everybody. And now that the election is over, you see the biggest school district in America open back up again in New York. We've got more on that and shut down hypocrisy and that sort of stuff coming up next hour. Also, uh, positive, Sean, I have watched the uh, Sarah Fuller kick again. It, th- th- I've never seen a kick like that in watching a million football games. That I, was just, that was a person I, who can't possibly kick with the power needed in no, Division One football. She's a Division One goalie. She can boot a ball as f- farther than any it man you've pathetic. ever known. It was pathetic. But, it was a publicity stunt. She kicked once. It was, as Jason Whitlock put it, a make-a-wish moment. That's all it was. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's all it was. She's a uh, soccer player? Yeah, yeah, That's she's what a goalie, she yeah. Um, and she gave a big, rousing speech at halftime, having been working out with the team for three days. ESPN, and I agree with Outkick.com on this, they have their fingerprints all over this, and I'll bet they were rolling on that tape, and it's all going to be some big special. 
Oh, by the way, we mentioned movies. We'll get to this later. There are 82 new Christmas movies coming out this year. <laughs> what? 82? As I uh, tweeted out yesterday, that's at least 83 too many. <laughs> yeah, I my beloved agree. wife has probably already watched 27 of them. Mm. Uh, she's a sucker for the Christmas movies. So frequent correspondent for a long time, Dr. J in Austin, uh, wrote us a great note. Uh, he says, guys, if it wasn't already clear, Austin is now officially an extension of California and its failures. Around the state, commonplace to see bumper stickers that read, Don't California, my Texas. Those please, like all bumper stickers, have been minimally effective. <laughs> Putting aside the ever-expanding homeless encampments that pollute our rivers and streams and our havens for drug use, disease spread, and mortality, the most recent case in point was the newly passed Prop A in Austin, also called, Pro called Project Connect. It's an expansive light rail system that will service downtown Austin connect to the existing light rail lines, which are utilized by approximately 1% of commuters daily, which is coincidentally significantly fewer than most had projected. Uh, there is nothing more expensive and wasteful than light rail projects. What is the progressive thing with light rail and, and various modes of transportation that... There's just evidence after evidence after evidence of oh, yeah. people don't use it. Well, and partly because they can't. Unless you had like a 500-story apartment complex next to every single light rail station, people are going to have to get to the light rail station, which takes time. And then they have to get on the light rail, which takes more time to get into work. And they could have saved time by just going from their house to their damn workplace. And this always ends up the same. There are a few exceptions that have exceptionally well-developed light rail systems in our huge metro areas, but and it's suppose, almost always and I suppose a waste every, of money. And every city thinks they're going to be that, I guess, even though that is the rare exception. Armstrong and Getty.